everyone, welcome to the Made It in Music podcast. Today we're talking with Cooper Allen about how to grow your fan base on TikTok. Cooper is a country singer who went viral on TikTok for his one-of-a-kind song, Mashups. This was recorded along with our live online audience from our Song Chasers community. You can learn more about Song Chasers at joinsongchasers.com. For now, let's dive into the episode. All right, all right, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Friday morning. We've got an awesome, awesome training session for y'all today with one of my favorite people in all of the music industry right now. Cooper Allen is with us today live from North Carolina. He's over there visiting his family today. So, um, Cooper, we were going to have at our boot camp a few weeks ago, um, as you'll hear about shortly he has been working his butt off on the road and he was in the middle of a tour and lost his voice so we figured hey this is this is an even better way because you guys are going to get like undivided access to him and and at the boot camp you had to choose between one thing or another so here here's you get 100 percent cooper allen on how to build a fan base on tiktok it's it's one of the big big questions that i know a lot of y'all have had we got some older people in the group. That's totally okay too. Um, TikTok is very much just in case you're wondering. Uh, it is the platform that is moving the needle for artists and writers in the music industry. So um, don't worry if you're if you feel like you're old. I feel like I'm old for TikTok. Like I don't I don't full I I don't even really have one. I don't fully understand it, but I am seeing the power of it in in what. Cooper's doing what some other artists I'm working with are doing and it does move the needle. So I'm excited to share this training with you guys and gals this morning. It's good to see you, Dave Langdon. It's good to see you, Isabel. It's good to see you, Kristen. Good to see you, Alan, Charlene, Chelsea, Josh Bissell. Good to see you, Jaina. Good to see you, Matthias. Uh, good to see you, Riley. Riley's walking in now. Everybody give it up for Riley Taylor. She is here in the house. The Sorry. Song Chasers Queen, you may want to grab like a I'll normal chair because this one's short. Yeah. Um, Riley's fresh in from the chiropractor, getting getting her back cracked. Um, actually, she could definitely appreciate your prayer. She's been having a lot of back spasms this week. So if you would would not mind lifting her up in your prayers. Um, and happy Good Friday to everybody, by the way, too. We just celebrated Passover with my girls last night, had our Passover dinner and was really really sweet sweet time so um as you can tell it says that i am riley taylor today but i'm not riley i'm seth mosley as as you all know riley is sitting next to me we're um, not the same person are we not the same person we we bear resemblance but i think <laughs> riley's definitely got the the better end of the genetic <laughs> dna yeah i that's that i i i'm i don't know what i'm trying to say you're a lot, you're a lot better looking than I am. So <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so we got, okay. Shemina's praying Aww, for you. Brittany's you. praying for you. you. Chelsea's <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. So yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump in this morning. Um, I'm just going to admit, okay. Carolyn's signing on with us. Awesome. So yeah, for those of y'all who are just hopping on this morning is all about TikTok. TikTok is where all the kids are, quite literally, and it is moving the needle. So this morning, we have a rare opportunity to have with us somebody who has absolutely been dominating it as a musician, artist, writer on the TikTok world, and that is Cooper Allen. 
Cooper Allen is currently sitting at 6.8 million with an M TikTok followers. He's got 489,000 followers on Instagram, a million Facebook followers, 370,000 YouTube subscribers. He's approaching a million monthly listeners on Spotify and 80 million total streams. Um, and what's really, really impressive about all this is not just the social media numbers, but it's how it's actually translating into real world music consumption and real ticket sales. So I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit of his story. I've had a ground floor view from it. I've been working with Cooper since uh, I think even before he started doing all these all this TikTok stuff. So it's been an absolute blast to watch how the songs have come to life. It, it literally, from a producer and writer standpoint, has been the dream scenario to, to, to partner with somebody and work with somebody like Cooper who has figured out these platforms and is out there working his tail off to get these songs out there. And it is absolutely working and making a splash. So um, here with us today, all the way from North Carolina, everybody give a song chasers welcome to Cooper Allen. What's up, everybody? <laughs> How you doing, my friend? How are we doing? Looking good on a good Friday, everybody. What what a day. What a day. Yeah. And thank you for, for setting aside some time to be with us. Um, for those of y'all who don't know Cooper's story, maybe Cooper, go ahead and give just a little bit of your background. How'd you get into music and what, what sort of set you off on this path? Yeah, totally. Well, I'll start by saying y'all are, uh, y'all are in a good room. Listen to this man give advice. I don't know where I'm pointing, but Seth is one of the only reasons that, uh, people listen to my songs because he's the one that makes them good. So <laughs> it's been an honor to work with Seth, learn from Seth. And, you know, when you have people like that that believe in you early on, it, um, it certainly makes this whole, whole thing a lot easier. So you were the man. Um, I appreciate you I, saying that, but I'm definitely not the only reason people listen to your songs. You write some pretty dang good songs. <laughs> well, you're a part of it. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, lived here my whole life. Um, I started playing music seriously in eighth grade. Um, I played instruments and stuff before that. Um, my family were super, you know, not everybody plays music, but we're super into music and concerts and sharing that with each other. And that's kind of one of our things is appreciating good music together. Um, so I kind of got the pleasure of getting to go to a lot of really good shows growing up. Uh, my first concert was Tom Petty when I was five. Uh, I went to see the Allman Brothers, ACDC, uh, anywhere from that to Casey and the Sunshine Band and all that stuff. Uh, just super eclectic music taste, whatever my parents would listen to, brothers and all that stuff. Uh, but I got to see some of the best entertainers. And I got to see the Eric Churches and the Kenny Chesneys and uh, the Kid Rocks of the world. And that, I, I don't know what kind of hit me, but in eighth grade, it was after a Kid Rock concert and I hadn't seen anybody ever perform with that authenticity and energy. And it just made me feel a, a certain type of way uh, being in that room. So I looked at my parents after that and I said, that's, this is what I want to do. I want to try to make this happen. And it's really kind of been my life work ever since then. I'm 26 now and it started way back then. And I played in a band all through high school and then went to college at UNC Chapel Hill and kept it up there. And you know, had the normal college experience, but really um, cut my teeth in the honky tonks and college bars and doing a lot of cover band stuff and learning how to try to entertain a crowd and, and keep people having fun for four hours straight. Um, so I thought that was really, really important um, to kind of get that foundation and base level before um, I moved to Nashville. So I graduated in 2018 from Chapel Hill and moved to Nashville after that. And so it'll be almost four years in town um, here in June, which is crazy. 
uh, spent the first couple of years playing Broadway, um, getting to write with awesome people like Seth. Uh, I met Victoria Shaw, a hit songwriter producer early on who gave me a publishing deal and learning from her and her friends and all that stuff has just been life changing. And this is all Cliff Notes version. We can dive into any of it. Um, but then pandemic hit in March 2020 and shows got canceled, didn't have anything to do. Uh, my girlfriend had been telling me to get on TikTok. Victoria had been telling me to get on TikTok. And finally, I got on TikTok and just kind of busted my butt on it, made it my full-time job from then until now it still is. And we've grown this following to where it is. And it's uh, it's been awesome and cool. And I'm just, I'm fortunate that one, people believed in me. And two, the timing was good. And, and three, that I just put my eggs in the right basket. Yeah, I, man, I love all of that that you just shared. And I want to dive into some, some each aspect of that, because the order of which you do things is very important in music. Like had you just started on TikTok without any live experience, without having the experience of played in playing in those honky tonks and playing all those cover songs and seeing what people react to, like, do you think you would have the same connection with people on TikTok that you do now? Yeah, absolutely not. Totally. And I, and I mean, everybody's got a different timeline. Some people are ready to move to Nashville at 16, 17, 18 and start doing it and, and really taking it to a high level. Um, for me, it was, you know, I, I need to learn how to seriously do this. So when I move to Nashville, I don't get eaten up. Um, so and then you still move to Nashville and you get your butt kicked learning how to write songs and do all that stuff. And you've got to take it to new levels. But Certainly, I don't think it would have translated on TikTok if I didn't have that, you know, close to 10 years of uh, dive bar experience trying to keep drunk people entertained. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that 100% is right. And I just, I don't want to gloss over that part of your story because so many people, they look at your story and they see, oh, wow, March 2020, like he just hopped on TikTok then and all of a sudden had this overnight success. Well, no, you had, like you said, 10 years of playing in dive bars before you you knew that and I, and I think that's so important if anybody wants to be an artist out there like i think an important phase in every artist's life should be playing cover songs like 100 percent. yeah go ahead go ahead yeah you build your you know your sound by taking influence from all these different genres and you just you cut your teeth and you pay your dues and, and so when you do finally get some attention and you get some fans and all that stuff you know how to get out there on stage and give them an even better show than they were expecting. And I think that's kind of a big part of why this has translated to tickets and stuff and has continued. And we go back to markets and the crowds are getting bigger, not smaller in those markets because, you know, we show up and they're probably expecting a TikToker that's never played live before. But, you know, performing is what I believe I do better than anything else. So you go there and because of that experience, you know, you just you do a better job and deliver a better product to people. Yeah, and and that's that's important to hit on too because there have been in the last two years, and you you probably know all of them, Cooper, but so many artists who have literally blown up from from their bedroom have never played a show before, have never written a song before, but they had something go viral on TikTok, and then all of a sudden they get offered a stupid record deal, like stupid in terms of literally, it's just a <laughs> dumb deal. It's there's so much money that goes into it. And there's no depth behind them. Like they've never played a show. They don't know how to work a stage. They don't know how to get, go in a co-writing room. 
And so a lot of people hear this TikTok thing and they think, oh, it's, it's instant overnight success. No, it's just a way to take something you're already really good at and amplify it. Would you uh, exactly. It's that? a vehicle to get people to listen to your music and, and come see your shows. You know, it's not, it's not who you are, but if you're not doing it, then you're, you're making a big mistake because it is the best way to reach people, you know? Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about um, just, was there any hesitation in the beginning to hop onto TikTok? I know there's so many social media platforms. It's not really why we get into music to become influencers. That's, that's not, I don't think why anybody in, whether it's in our song chasers group or anybody who wants to get into music, they don't get into music because they want to become a TikToker. They, they get into music because they want to become a musician. So can you talk about like, was there any hesitation or resistance to, to, to jumping into that space in the beginning for you? Oh yeah, dude. I, I hated social media. Like the worst. I was awful at it. I hated getting on it. I was the classic guy that was, you know, who cares what I'm doing every day? You know, why, why do I have to hop on here and take pictures of myself and videos of me singing? It just, that was not who I was naturally. That wasn't what my friends like to do. That wasn't what my family liked to do. Um, but it, it really took a lot of pushing from Victoria who saw the value in social media to be like, no, you don't understand. This is, this is not just an optional thing that you do if you feel like it. And if you want to have fun, this is how you reach people now. And this was even before TikTok was a thing and that's taken it to a whole new level. But you know, it, it, it's music is not a thing where somebody else can make this career happen for you. You don't just move and you get a record deal or you get a good manager or you get a publishing deal and suddenly you have fans and people give a crap about you. You really have to make that happen yourself nowadays. And especially now more than ever, now that social media is a way to do that. Uh, but certainly there was, there was some hesitation and I, I'm not sure that if the world hadn't shut down that I would have got gotten on it at the level that I did. So you know, I, I was fortunate that I was at the point in my career where I could put all my time into this thing and just had nothing else really going on. But once you start doing it, and even for the first, you know, five months when nothing is working, you just have to plow through it and you just have to be consistent and, and keep going and not give up on it because then something hits and it's awesome. And, you know, it, it's a new opportunity to gain fans every single day, no matter what. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I'm glad that you acknowledge that because it's not it's not something that I hope people listening to this and watching this can sense that that that's you had a, as much of a hesitation as any of us have to it. It's the big thing where so many of us are just like, I just want to do music. I just want to do music. But if you're an artist, you can't say that anymore. That's just not that's not the way to do it. It's a little different. It's well, it can be a lot different if you're a songwriter. Um although I could make a very strong argument as to why something like TikTok could be very good, even for branding yourself and making connections as a writer, but even as a writer, it can be a really great tool to find those up and coming artists who are starting to pop off, to reach out to them, to see how you can add value, to become a fan first, and then start, start partnering with them and writing, co-writing with them, seeking to write songs with them. So even if you're a writer, like it's still something you kind of need to learn how to engage with. Like if you're a writer, a producer, a manager, if you do anything in music, really anything in any field, but this is just music specific, then it, there's no harm. It's always it's worth a shot to get on it and try, because the more you do yourself, the more leverage you have. And the more leverage you have, the more you get to 
you know, do what you want and kind of push your agenda a little bit. And then outside of the creative side of it, you know, the more money you get to keep because you're doing this yourself and you're not giving percentages to people. So it's all, no matter what you do, you know, there are ways to get creative and get people to just kind of know about you. And the more people know about you, the better off your career is going to be. That's just the industry that we're in. Yeah. One, one thing, and Riley, feel free, do you jump in if you have any yeah, questions yeah. too, because see, see your wheels spinning as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, and we will at the end be opening it up to audience Q&A. So be writing down, if, you, if he says something that you're like, you know, I want to ask about that, we'll, we will make space for that here at the end of this conversation. So, um, but the thing I wanted to ask and just get, maybe you can help clarify this. Um, I've been working with another artist who, had you know a similar hesitation to hopping on TikTok. Like, is that really going to be a place that I can be myself and be authentic? And 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 to be honest, like it was a female artist, and she had the perception of like, well, the things that are working on TikTok is like you just got to take your clothes off if you're a female for it to work. And I've seen how that's actually not the case. Like it 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 does work, obviously, but you don't have to do that for it to work. Can you maybe speak to that a little bit and just how you've seen even some friends of yours um, overcome that. And it really does become about the music then. Yeah. I mean, I tried taking my clothes off plenty of times and nothing. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to try it right now. No. Um, you know, it's, there's a space for everything on there. It's such a massive um, user base. I mean, TikTok, I think from what, from what I heard past Google is like the most visited site. It was the most visited thing. So you think about all those people that are going on there, there are niches for everything. There are niches for cooking and not just cooking, but weird cooking. They just made a TV show about the, is it cake thing? Like that's, that's weird. There are niches for pop country, red dirt country, rap, hip hop, whatever genre you make. There are people that are going to want to consume it on there. And it's not necessarily, I think what people, um, kind of make a mistake with on these apps a lot is they try to follow trends and they've got people telling them, well, you use this hashtag, you do this, you do this, follow this trend, see if that gains traction. That's not really what people want to see. People want to see you be a hundred percent authentically yourself, no matter what yourself is. And for some people being themselves is, you know, taking off their clothes and doing dances and that's cool, whatever. But for most people being themselves is something different and it's, individual and unique to you. And that's really the most important thing because if there's one thing I've learned from TikTok or anything, it's that people truly connect with authenticity and they can tell when you're being authentic or when you're not being yourself. Mm. Man, uh, just to give people a little bit of a context of what has worked for you, I think I think what what I've learned is that a lot of the times and again, this goes back to the cover thing, but one of the one of the ways that you've been able to blow up is doing these amazingly well done mashups. <laughs> and so, would you care if I just share a little bit of what's been working for you? On Absolutely. Share sound. Okay, so for people who are listening to this in audio <laughs> podcast format, just go to Cooper Allen's TikTok, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm going to start with one of his mashups that's worked really well. Smash up, you can. <laughs> Okay, three minutes. Yeah. I was riding shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car. Singing, life is one big party when you're still young. 
But who's gonna have your back when it's sex on deck? Patron on ice, drinking pop bottles all night, and you can have a little chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. And right now it's a steel night in my windpipe. Buckle makes impressions on the inside of Earth now, yeah. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so. And this I know for sure. And never made it as a wise man. Couldn't cut it as a poor and Shining when I close my eyes Check it to the left, to the left Everything you want in a box to the left You find starting off by the morning You'll be the pretty and I'll be the funny Had a barbecue stand on my white t-shirt She was killing me in that mini skirt, yeah Well, I'm in love with the shape of you You push and pull like a magnet, I promise She's so self-conscious Got no idea what she's doing in college I'm going down, down, baby Your street in a rain Street sweeper, baby, cock ready to let it go. My life is brilliant. My love is pure. <laughs> hey, soul sister. Hey, that Mr. Mr. on the... Thanks. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my conference for post Oh, baby, you, you got what I need. And you say he's just a friend. So good, I'm on top. Wanna talk about me? Wanna talk about I? Wanna talk about number one? Oh my, me, my, see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Cause you had a bad day. Taking one down, sing a sad song, just turn it around. Well, tear my heart open and sew my cells shut. Bitch. Oh my god! Amazing, <laughs> dude. That is unreal. <laughs> it's uh, it's the right amount of stupid. That's for sure. I've got a great. There's a great question in the chat, and I have the same question. How do you remember all the lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's. It was such a useless talent before TikTok. Um, I've been doing, like, and this goes back to the authenticity thing. I've been doing mashups forever, like in all those college bars. That was like one of my things was because you're playing for four hours. It's like, good God, like I've got to find a way to kill 30 minutes here. And we would just, you know, bang the same chord progression and just like it would become a contest between like me and the band. Just like, let's see how many songs we can rattle off. And, it, you know, we'd go like 30, 40 minutes playing the exact same song over and over again and nobody would notice. Um, but yeah, I think just doing it for such a long time and also just the huge song catalog of playing and all those bars for forever i mean we just i've played so many songs it's so many songs from every different genre that for some reason it just i, I can remember them and then for some reason it started working on tiktok there you go 
I want to see there, there's a niche for somebody out there who's a worship leader to do that with church songs. <laughs> yes. I'm sure somebody has already done that, but one of y'all watching I this. I see Alan's, 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 yeah. Alan's going to do it. I see Alan. <laughs> um, hey, uh, man, that's amazing. One, the, the, my first exposure, and Cooper, maybe you can find this and send it to me, uh, text it to me. We wrote a song with, with Victoria back at the start of the pandemic called New Normal. Yes. And, and that was the first exposure I had to like, wow like something a song that we wrote you literally took it and i think you posted it like the same day and it started getting going viral and people were using it for stuff and i was like man this is the new music industry like this isn't like you don't just wait and wait and wait and sit on songs you put little teasers of it out there and then if something catches fire then you really pour some gas on the fire but um, maybe share that story a little bit with, with new normal. I, 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 I'll, I'll pull it up as your. Yeah. You probably, you probably got to scroll way down. Uh, cause that golly, that was a long time ago now. Um, but yeah, it's as fun as the mashup stuff, remix stuff, as fun as that stuff is. And it you know, helps bring in a good amount of followers and stuff. The coolest part about it is the original music aspect. And you just have this opportunity where you just get like free market research. And it takes no time, it takes no money, and you get instant feedback of where you can just tease these songs. And you're like, do people like the song? And if they like the song, then okay, we're going to put it out and record it, um, which has been the coolest way. And fans feel, feel more involved. You know you're putting out stuff that fans like and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, New Normal was the first one that kind of popped off for me. And I just teased the demo, and people liked it. And then suddenly people were using that sound in their TikTok videos, which is the best way to have a song go viral on TikTok is to have people use the sound. Uh, so I think by the time we released it, it had like 13,000 videos that had used the sound um, and then released it and it got 70,000 Spotify streams in the first day, which was just insane. And it's like, oh my God, like yeah, as we had the climate change was on new boots for what, six to seven months, a ridiculous amount of time. And it didn't get a million streams while it was on New Boots. New Normal got a million streams in three weeks from organic streams from TikTok. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of mind-blowing. A lot of people have this perception of like, if only I could get a curator to put me on a Spotify playlist. Like, that's not where the the gold mine is. You you organic people finding it and listening to it and saving it, they're gonna be way more engaged. So let me play um, just a little clip. This was the, I, I found the very first one. I didn't find any of the other like fan. Oh, videos, you found one from the studio? But I found the studio one. Yeah. I'm getting used to this beautiful view. Every time I wake up seeing your sweet face, that's all it takes to turn me inside out. Love song in my head, you and me in this bed. This is what it's all about. Loving this new normal this new normal now yeah yeah World studio yeah that was, a, that was a seth mosley hook right there seth mosley song idea <laughs> but man like that that the first time that you posted i'm like it, I, I was i almost felt a little funny about it i was like are you gonna like post the demo like normally we're all precious about like working on it so hard and then but it was like literally the day of you're like yeah go ahead and send that to me and i'll just do this quick little iphone thing yeah and, and then all of a sudden it turned into other people using it. And it was like, 
the one I was trying to find was like people were using it for like their babies being born and like getting engaged and like their wedding videos. Yeah, there's a whole I, I can find it on YouTube and send it to you. I made like a music video with where it compiled like all the fan videos pretty much. Let's yeah. See. Yeah, it's just but but just stuff like that. It shows it shows the power of if you learn these platforms and you're not afraid to hop on and try it and become a student of it. Cause there's probably a ton of stuff. We're talking about all the successes. I mean, I'm sure there's for every one video that's popped off, how many videos are there that haven't, right? Oh, yeah. oh good God. Yeah. It's, it's just like songwriting, you know, what's your hit rate? A hall of fame songwriter probably has like a five to 10% hit rate on songs. They write, if not even less. And TikTok's kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. You just, you try and, you find your thing and you throw everything you can think of against the wall and you, you know, it's easier said than done, but you don't get discouraged when something flops because no matter what, and I try to drill this into my head. Even if I have a week where seven videos don't do well or something, I can always wake up that morning and I can make a video that changes my life even more or that impacts somebody in a big way or goes viral and makes a song big or something. And you just learn to fail fast. It's like with a song, I've had songs that I felt really, really good about. I was like, this is going to be a smash and it's going to do really well. And just because the song doesn't do well on TikTok doesn't mean it's not good, but that's just kind of my format. So I teased the song and, you know, there have been a lot of times where fans don't really like it or it doesn't connect the way I thought it would. And it's like, well, okay, that that's fine. Fail fast and get back up and two weeks later, come back with another song. It's not something where you're wasting a year on you know, planning and putting a bunch of money into something, which is the real, that's the real beauty of it. For sure. And, and honestly, that is the beauty of it is your, it costs like nothing to do this content. It's you cost, it costs the time and it costs the iPhone. Yeah. It, it costs nothing and you make more money. It's just, it's amazing. We love those things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so Maybe talk a little bit because this is what's like all of the all of what we've just talked about is impressive, but that's not even the most amazing thing. The most amazing thing of all of this is it has turned into real people, real fans paying money to come out and see your shows. And you've been over the last year selling out 500 to 2000 person rooms literally off of the success of your TikTok fan base. Can you can you talk about that? Like, that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah, and it's mind blowing to me because for so long um, it was numbers on a screen, and it was great seeing that number go up. And even when people would go and stream your music or buy or download your songs, you know that felt real, but it was still all on that screen, all digital. Um, and just playing music for such a long time and, and growing up, going to concerts and stuff, like it, it's kind of hard to get people to come into a room and to drive and to to pay money to come see you play live. I've always thought that's the hardest thing and even at first when i had new normal and you know maybe another song or two that had done well on tiktok i still don't know if i could have gone and sold a good hard ticket and had people show up it really took time of developing that following and all that stuff but then you know once we started doing it that that's been the coolest part is people showing up and people knowing the words and suddenly you know instead of playing four hour cover sets you know, I'm playing 90 minute sets of my own music and, and people are fired up about it. And just getting me, to meet the people face to face, to feel the energy in a room and, you know, to hopefully give them a good show that they like. I mean, I know I'm trying my hardest to give them a good show. 
um, that that's been by far the coolest part is meeting these amazing people on the road and they are people that have changed my life and all that stuff and they continue to. So that's been by far the best part because that's what I got into it, you know, in the first place for, I love performing. Yeah. So good. So good. That's amazing. And, and honestly, that's, you know, that's the most impressive thing because with the, the thing with this new music industry is there's always a degree of skepticism from labels, from industry, from publishers when they see those kind of numbers, because a lot of those things are kind of easy to fake, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, but when it translates to real streams and real comp people, like you said, showing up, paying money, driving an hour, the two hours, three hours in some cases to go see you, that's the hardest thing to do. So I, I just want to say congratulations on even getting to that level. And well, say, and I, I will say, you know, we've done great big numbers and have been doing it for, you know, almost a, a year now, started with touring with Alexander and Thomas and, you know, I, I think we're starting to see now as more people are like, oh, they did that. Like, it's possible for, for everybody. It's not like I'm a unicorn out here, the only one that can sell tickets off TikTok. It's, that's very, very far from the truth. And you're starting to see it now as more people dive in and say, okay, let's take a chance and let's just let's go try to sell a hard ticket. Let's focus less on getting an opening slot or less on a festival thing. And let's go try to build our fan base. You're seeing that. You know, TikTok artists are selling way more than people who have two or three number ones on radio that don't have a social media presence. And it's it's true for most everybody that has tried to do it that has a, you know, big following on TikTok. It's so true. And I I mean, my, my last thing I want to ask, and then I do want to uh, open it up for some audience Q&A. Um, you mentioned a couple other names really fast. You mentioned Alexandra, uh, Alexandra Kay and, and Thomas. Uh, what's Thomas's last name? Uh, Mac. Thomas Mac. Okay. So the one thing that we talk about a lot in Song Chasers, um, this month is our music marketing theme. We're really diving into all things music marketing, but it all comes back to relationships and that nobody really achieves success in this business as an island. A lot mm-hmm. of this stuff you are, you're winning, you're winning alongside other people who are winning too. Like, can you speak a little bit to the community and how important that's been of having other artists who are, you know, kind of kind of going after it together? Oh, totally. That's what I've always loved about Nashville is it's such a collaborative community because you have to. If you don't if you don't collaborate, if you don't build good relationships with people, if you're not good to people, then you know you just you fail. You cannot make it happen by just like you said being on that creative island. Um, especially with you know Thomas and Alexandra, we met through um 615 house stuff back when that was getting going we had all kind of found found footing on tiktok and we just became super fast friends we loved hanging out with each other it was a natural just genuine friendship that we formed and then because we had sizable followings and we loved hanging out with each other we just decided to start going on tour together so those first six months of touring we did three legs of what we call the in real life tour with us three co-headlining these shows and, you know, for people that had never really done serious hard tickets before for us to go out and get to do that together, um, it made that experience so much better, so much more fun. It made it so more people showed up in the room and it made it so, you know, the industry's eyes watched it even more because it was just a bigger thing because we all did it together. And it's just helped each of us individually so, so much by saying, hey, we're going to get together. and We're going to 
do this and kind of start this movement thing by collaborating. Yeah. So good. That's such a great reiteration and a great way to wrap up. And we talk about this all the time that how important it is to find your people. Like as you're trying to break into this industry, your people are not Blake Shelton and Thomas Rhett and Lady A and all those artists you want to have cuts on. Your people are people that you have access to and that you're learning alongside. And, and those are the people that you need to be going after because none of those artists that Cooper mentioned were really anywhere on the map, even a few years ago. And, and, and same, same can be said of you. And, and by the way, I will say um, your new song with Thomas Mack. I love it. It's, it's a song called Drinkle. <laughs> I love a good made up word. Um, yeah. I played it. I'm about the, the right amount of stupid. That's what that song is. Yeah. I played it in the car the other day and the girls were there. I was like, well, you know, maybe this is bad parenting. I don't know. But they're like, what's a drinkle? And I was like, exactly. <laughs> Girls, this is how not to act. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, man, this has been an absolute blast. We're going to wrap up the main portion of it now and open it up to some audience Q&A here in Song Chasers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Made It in Music podcast. In addition to this episode, we also recorded a Q&A session where some of the songwriters in our Song Chasers community were able to ask their own questions. We'll release that episode shortly after this one. Make sure to check out some of the other episodes of the Made It in Music podcast as well. We have well over 100 interviews with some of the top music industry professionals, many here in Nashville and many from all over the world. Subscribe to make sure that you automatically get future episodes and leave us a review if you loved it. It would really help us out. Or send an email to support at fullcirclemusic.com if you have any ideas for how we can improve the show. If you'd like to become a Song Chasers member and attend these training sessions live, head over to joinsongchasers.com to learn more. You also get additional exclusive trainings from me, you get our TrackSuite Pro software, you get song reviews from me and my team, and you get access to a custom social media network we created exclusively for songwriters and musicians. There's nothing else like it on the internet. Go to joinsongchasers.com to learn how to join and check out madeitinmusic.com for more content and episodes from this podcast. See you in the next episode.